Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning. Welcome to On The Pace on a Monday morning. Michael Gearan joining you to talk about harness racing for the next half an hour after an enormously successful Saturday night at Albion Park in Queensland for the New South Wales Army. Major victories in some of the key races there. Very rarely a major victory in a trotting race, which is not something we see a lot of uh, in the interstate for the New South Wales trotters. Majestic trio for Brad Hewitt, trainer and driver, getting the job done. We also had success for New South Wales in the Queensland Derby Consolation with Neptune. We had the four-year-old championship with Can't Find a Better Man for Belinda and Luke McCarthy. But the biggest of them all, the major race, went to a horse who might be the most improved horse in the Southern Hemisphere. Swayze beat his younger half-brother. Leap to fame in the Blacks of Fake Queensland Championship. Jason Grimson continues his remarkable last 24 months. Most of those major victories with Cameron Hart in the sulky. It's almost normal now to talk about the young star driver as a Group 1 winner. Good morning, Cameron. Welcome to the show. I'm sure you feel a lot healthier on this Monday than you probably did yesterday on a Sunday. Yeah, morning, Mick. Yeah, the celebrations were quite big. Um, you know, it's not every day that you can win a race like the Blacks of Fake, so... Yeah, we celebrated good on Saturday night and, uh, yeah, feeling fresh again on Monday. Well, most people could say it's not every day you win a race like the Blacks are fake, but it's becoming almost normal for you and Jason Grimson. We spoke to you on the show, I think it was two years ago, when you won one of the Riverina Championship races and that was your first Group 1 back on the home track. Are you up to 11 now? Uh, yeah, I think I'm in, yeah, double, double figures, but, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure of the exact number, but... Yeah, it's been an unbelievable ride the last couple of years and um, obviously getting a lot of great opportunities and just trying to take advantage of them as best I can. You've always been quite a, a calm and relaxed but confident young man. Are you now at the stage when you go out on the track and you're on the second favourite for a $400,000 race that you actually feel, yep, this is another night at the office, I know what I'm doing here, maybe compared with, say, two years ago when a Group 1 seemed far more unusual yeah I definitely think with the experience of racing in these big races all year round you definitely get a lot more comfortable on that big stage and um, and obviously comes down to the connections and the trains that you're driving for to a lot of the you know people that I get to involve myself with in the business are very easy going and that makes my job a lot easier as well so uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it but uh, yeah really enjoying my time uh, getting around Australasia in these big races when you won this race last year with Majestic Cruiser, it was one of those drives where you had to time your drive and, and pull off a great drive because he's a horse who tends to settle back in the field. Swayze doesn't seem quite so tricky. When he gets a good barrier draw, he has the speed, the racing style, and now the reputation to get on the top end. It must be a lot more fun being in front rather than having to go past horses. Yeah, definitely made my job a little easier than last year. Um, obviously, had the right drawer and the right horse, and um, I was able to put him into the race and really control it from the front end, <clears throat> which I love to do, and yeah, it all worked out really well. I um, obviously had to bowl out some strong sectionals to try and get Leap to Fame to 
work a bit hard outside me, and luckily enough, it paid off for us. Now, Leap to Fame returned with uh, his sulky tyre off the rim, but it looked like that only really happened from about the 150. Uh, I wouldn't have suggested, Cameron, that was the difference between the two horses. I thought Swayze actually had the race under control quite a long way from home. That's how it looked to me. How did it feel to you? Yeah, I felt really comfortable down the back. He was travelling really well. Um, obviously, I could feel sort of Leap to Fame working hard outside me and yeah, like you said, I think he might have got it just turning for home, but I felt as though I was holding him off quite comfortably. But, um, yeah, all, you know, leap to fame. He deserves all the credit he gets to, though. He was still a massive run, and I don't think there would have been many horses getting to my wheel um, at the top of the straight run in those sectionals, sitting, you know, parked the whole way. So it was still a huge run, but, yeah, I think I was doing pretty well and pulled away right on the line. So, yeah, he's a pretty strong horse, Swayze. Pretty remarkable story, Swayze, because uh, Jason Grimson, who you work alongside as the trainer of this horse, actually drove him, not that he drives very often, in his first three starts. That was two or three years ago. Um, since then, Swayze's had some good moments and some pretty poor moments, but he's really turned around since rejoining Jason or joining Jason. What sort of horse is he? Because to many people who saw him getting beaten two months ago, they would say, how can this be the same horse? Is it just a case that he's just fitter or happier? Or do you think maybe Jason's training style suits the horse more? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I know, um, you know, with Jace being involved with the horse when he was younger, driving him, he, he always liked the horse and had a lot of ability, um, you know, as a two- and three-year-old. So I think, uh, you know, Jason, he marked him as a horse that he'd like to try and get and um, saw a bit of potential in him. And, yeah, it's obviously worked out well. Um, he's been able to get the horse later on in his career and seems to have turned him around. But, um, yeah, I think he's he's always liked the horse and I'm, he's obviously clicked with Jace's training and the way he goes about things. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he continues racing the way he is. Those good stayers in harness racing who can get up against the marker pegs and make other horses chase them, they can do a lot of things. What can this horse do? Because I hear there's talk of a New Zealand trotting cup. Um, is Swayze good enough to win that race? You would know because you're in second in it last year. Yeah, I definitely think he's um, probably the perfect horse for a New Zealand cup. He's a great stayer. Uh, he's got good manners and should step away well. So, yeah, going so close with Majestic Cruiser last year um, definitely gave us a taste of what the New Zealand Cup's all about. So hopefully we can get back over there this year. It's such a great week over there and I definitely think Swayze's the right horse to take, so um, hopefully we can give those Kiwis a bit of a shake this year again. You've been on the circuit now for a couple of years, and I asked Grant Dixon this question last week, so I'll ask you, um, what are the races you would like to win the most? Because you're a New South Wales boy, so there's a Miracle Mile, there's obviously an Inter-Dominion, which you've tasted success in already, but there's also these new slot races, including, of course, the Eureka. But the New Zealand Cup's a very unusual race and it's probably harness racing's biggest day. What's the race that's given you the itch the most now heading forward? Yeah, it's probably uh, the Miracle Mile on the top of the list. Obviously, it's our local race here in Sydney, the biggest race in Australia. Um, I love the mile racing. Obviously, with Menangles track, it's um, you know, come along you know, sort of like American-style racing and that's 
um, you know, really inviting for my driving style. But, yeah, that's one that's on top. And obviously the New Zealand Cup, if I could win that, that'd probably be nearly on the top of the list of the biggest wins I've had because it's just so tough to, to go over there and, and beat such great New Zealand horses every year. It's um, obviously been proven to be really hard to do, so that'd be a huge thrill in my career as well. The Eureka is just around the corner and everybody's talking about the lost storm and of course leap to fame and catch a wave and and Cat the Ravishing's coming back. Do you have a drive at the stage for the Eureka? Yeah, I'm locked into Miles Mitronny um, at the moment, so I've driven him ever since he was a two year old, so it'd be nice to go into a race like this with him and obviously Tunby Park and Jared Ultron are huge supporters of mine, so um, yeah, hopefully we can get a bit of luck with the barrier and you know, he's racing well enough to to have his spot there and, yeah, hopefully um, he runs well. But, yeah, really looking forward to that race. There's a lot of hype, um, you know, building up each week, uh, looking forward to that. So, yeah, can't wait. What do you make of it? Because you've obviously seen Catch a Wave. You've seen plenty of him. We've all seen plenty of Leap to Fame. And Captain Ravishing's a horse who I think everybody's excited by. And, you know, there's all these good three-year-olds. If I said to you right now, put them all in neutral barriers, four, fives and six for the favourites, or maybe put them on the outside three barriers, who is the horse to beat in the Eureka, as much as you can tell unbiasedly? Oh, you'd have to say Leap to Fame still. Um, yeah, even though he, he was beaten on Saturday, he was still a massive run. Can't really see any other horse being able to do what he did, even though he was the beaten runner. But um, yeah, I'd have to put him on top, but I think, um, you know, we've seen the Lost Storm in the derby up there. He was un- unbelievable and he's such a striking horse to look at. He's, um, he looks like the real deal as well and he's obviously going to get that barrier advantage being a three-year-old. So it's definitely shaping up as a good race. They all deserve their spots and, you know, it's the best going against the best, which is what we all want to see. Mate, in your career uh, in Australia, you're up to just over 900 wins. Do you have somebody in Cam Hart's life who keeps track on that sort of stuff? Do you log onto the computer occasionally yourself, or does your does your mum chime in? Is there somebody who lets you know when you're getting close to these milestones? Yeah, not really. Uh, probably when I was a bit younger, I'd keep a bit of an eye on it myself, but I don't tend to do that much um, these days. But mum and dad keep a bit of an eye on on me, um, as parents do, they probably watch things quite closely, so they usually keep a bit of a track of things. But um, yeah, usually I'm just going week by week and, and worry about the future more than the past. Last week, last Monday, I was trying to get hold of you, and you were driving at Bankstown, and and you weren't driving very good horses. You were driving horses who who I'm sure are the love of somebody's life, but I'm sure the love of your life. What's the motivation like? We're not racing today, so you get to have a day off. But to go to Bankstown on a Monday after you've been driven, driving at all these major carnivals and to turn up and maybe have no winning chances on a lower stakes day, what, what makes you still do that? Yeah, it's probably just a bit of loyalty. And obviously um, I'm a full-time freelance driver, so that's just my job. Um, I'd love to be able to drive all fast horses all the time, but that's not the way the business works. So, uh, yeah, you've got to go out there and, and get the work done and, and go to these meetings. And there's been a lot of trainers that, have, you know, got a lot of provincial horses and, and country-class horses that, um, you know, gave me my start here in Sydney before I was getting these opportunities in these big races. So I like to um, stay loyal to them and, and try and do a good job for them as well. Okay, a lot of people compare you um, to Dexter Dunn or 
to a Todd McCarthy, these guys who have had enormous success and, and they have ended up in, in North America. You've mentioned it to me before, but have you given any more thought to going to North America or are things going so well for you at the moment you're just as happy staying here and trying to build on the success? Yeah, I'm definitely happy uh, the way things are going here. and um, Yeah, I'd like to just knuckle down for the next couple of years here and, and try and tick off a couple of more of those big races that we were talking about earlier and um, yeah, see how we go. But it's definitely a niche I want to scratch, um, the you know American dream, I guess you could say. So, um, yeah, I definitely plan on getting over there one day, but it'll just be all t- a timing thing and I'm just taking it year by year at the moment. Uh, I see you're not driving at Manangle tomorrow. Have you have you copped another suspension, or are you giving yourself a couple of days to recover? No, nah, no suspensions. Just um, heading overseas for a couple of weeks just to freshen up before the Eureka. So, uh, yeah, just a little holiday with a couple of mates, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back into it. Let me guess, you're going to Bali, aren't you? You're going to Bali? No, we're heading over to Europe this year. Oh, Get good. over in the okay. European sun and relax a little. Well, as you know, Cam, when professional athletes go to Bali, a lot of bad things happen. So I'm glad to hear you're going to Europe. Um, I'm glad you'll be coming back. So so when do we see you drive again in New South Wales, mate? Yeah, I think it'll be around the 11th of August, um, 10th or 11th of August, so back for a Saturday night. Um, yeah, a couple of lead-up races in the Eureka, and yeah, we'll get ready for the big dance. Mate, congratulations on uh, what's been a remarkable last two years on winning a Group 1 on Saturday night. Pass that congratulations on to Jason. We respect the fact that he doesn't like enjoy doing the media stuff, but doesn't mean he doesn't still get the congratulations for the victory. Uh, enjoy Europe. Have a good time. And, mate, we look forward to seeing you back on one of our tracks August 10 or 11. Yeah, thanks, Vic. I appreciate it. Cameron Hart, who has had quite a staggering rise in the last two years and he won uh, for New South Wales and for predominant owner Mick Boots um, the Blacks of Fate, the group one with Swayze uh, beating Leap to Fame. Now Leap to Fame did have the sulky wheel or the tyre come off the wheel. Uh, some people said about the 300. I actually saw a photograph Dan Costello put up online yesterday and that looked to me to be at the top of the straight and it was still more or less on the rim. So yes it wouldn't have helped but it wasn't a case that that cost him the race. Swayze went to time in front that almost made it impossible for Leap to Fame to sit outside him. He's still the favourite for the Eureka because the horse who was battling him for favouritism, Catch a Wave, actually got beaten too, which is even weirder because he got beaten in a field which you wouldn't think he could get beaten. Uh, his trainer is Andy Gath. He's one of the more honest people in harness racing when it comes to opinions about his own horses. Andy, good morning. What happened on Saturday night, brother? Um, yeah, I'm still trying to work out how he got beat, actually, Michael. Um, yeah, every, he had everything in his favour. He had the draw, uh, sort of got quite easy in front. Still ran a really quick last half, but, uh, you know, still managed to get run down by his older half-brother in the own back end. So, um, yeah, and sometimes, too, um, you know, we always like to win, but sometimes defeats make... Uh, I just think a little bit too uh, us as trainers to think going forward. Maybe we're a little bit too complacent just going into that race, and um, obviously didn't do enough with him. And I think a little bit of running out of fitness and a little bit of stargazing as well, which you can do at times. So um, yeah, it's not the end of the world. It's a good race to happen in. So, um, but I'm sure um, we can make him better going forward. 
This was Melton race four on Saturday night. So in Victoria, a catch a wave who was, was red hot. He was a dollar eight. And he led and was run down, as Andy said, by Young Bucky. And a um, bit of humour here, Andy, because last week, just jokingly on social media, you said your wife, Kate, who, of course, is the stable's number one driver, would choose to drive Young Bucky in or catch a wave, tongue in cheek. Um, some people didn't see the funny side. And then James Herbertson gets on Young Bucky and it comes out and beats you. Yeah, a couple of people just asked, and we put the vision on when they both work together, and I think catch away if anybody has 30 metres in track work. So, um, again, it's just one of those things that, that can happen. Um, you know, Ian Buckingham uh, ran out of his skin, and, you know, catch away probably, you know, touch below his best, and it doesn't matter which race you sort of front up these days. If you're not 100% or not switched on, um, you'll get beat, and, and unfortunately got beat. But, again, I'm, I'm not panicking. Um, you know, it's the start of his preparation. We've still got plenty of time to get him right for the Eureka, and I, I think uh, he'll improve right off that run. He actually has, of course, bounced back from defeats. He was excellent running fourth in a, a heat of the, the Chariots of Fire uh, a week before he won the Chariots of Fire, but he kept him ravishing, then won the Miracle Mile. So is it a case, Andy, strange question, but this is one for the trainers listening at home, is it harder with those big horses because they are so big and they can carry so much muscle and fat than, say, a little horse where if they've got a big round tummy or they've got that internal fat, it's a lot easier to spot. Is it harder to hone those big horses? Yeah, probably. I reckon he's grown a bit too since the Miracle Mile, and, and he has filled out a lot more. He's about 30 kilos heavier than when he won the Miracle Mile. So, um, and again, a horse at his level works at a highly good level too obviously i've got nothing of his class here admittedly he said well mate beat him um you know can work at a level that he can so you're just having to back your mind oh he's working terrific his times are great or whatever but again those horses probably just need that little bit more and you know i probably win that race just a little bit complacent i'd probably do it he probably does a little bit of significant work the day before we generally do with him and we decided not to this time we just thought um he probably doesn't need it at this stage, and uh, again, sometimes we get it wrong, and hopefully it was just that that, uh, that made the difference of why he didn't win. Andy, I know, obviously, you did nothing wrong with the horse, and hey, you, you couldn't out of the race, so the race itself is successful. What's it like when you take a $1.08 chance, and, and some totes had him as short as a dollar three to the races, and everybody's put up their multi, and everybody wants to go rah, rah, I love catch a wave, and they get beat. Is it a weird feeling when they come back to the stables where you're like, wow, with the obvious the caveat that obviously you won the race as well, so you still have to have the, the hug and the handshake with the winning owner? Yeah, again, um, it's a little bit deflating, to be honest. Um, you don't really, even though I sort of won the race, I didn't really know how to feel. I was hoping for a dead heat in the end. I knew it was pretty close. So I thought it would be pretty cool if the two brothers could actually dead heat. But, um, yeah, no, it's one of you never... Um, I never expect this to put them on the boat, turn up and win. I know how hard it is to win any race, and so I never, you know, just you know, it was probably a race that he he should have won, but and he didn't. And I don't think it's a, you know, I don't think any alarm bells are going off here or whatever. We we know we can get them a little bit fitter, we can get them a little bit sharper. Um, we sort of race in those twelve hundred meter races that sort of really sharpen him up, going into the Miracle Mile and the Chariots. Um, they're not going to be available, obviously, to him. Yeah, going into. Um, the Eureka, but you know, there's things we can do at home. We're getting really sharp again and getting switched back on mentally. The Eureka is on September the second at Menangle. It's um it's it's gonna be an amazing night and you're up against horses you know well, Leap to Fame and 
in the loft storm and, of course, Captain Ravishing. Are you a believer that horses often need a sighter around Menangle? Now, clearly he's been there before because he won a Miracle Mile. But would yep. you prefer to give him a start at Menangle, say, in the last two weeks before the Eureka, or are you comfortable campaigning him in Victoria? Yeah, I'm probably comfortable to leave him here at home. Um, saying that, I ideally like to race him two weeks out from Eureka, and as we saw on Saturday night, there's only six horses, and we need six horses for races to stand up in Victoria. So obviously... Um, you know, if there's no competition, we might be forced to go to Menangle for a run, but ideally I'd like to leave him at home. Um, I think he's had three runs at Menangle now. I think he improved significantly off his first start at Menangle to his second and his third start. So um, he's sort of already got that under his belt. So, um, yeah, we're pretty comfortable that, um, you know, he can handle Menangle again. You've been in a very weird position this year with this horse because, and let's be honest, harness racing people will know this and our listeners will know this. Back in February, people were saying that Captain Ravishing could be the best horse in the world and, and no one was talking about Catch a Wave. Then he won the Miracle Mile and then people started saying that Leap to Fame could be the best horse in the world and no one was talking about Catch a Wave. It must be quite a weird situation for someone like you and you're deeply steeped in harness racing history because of your family. You're also a person who spends a lot of time on the computer and knows the X's and O's of the whole industry. Is it odd when people start saying these things about these horses and you've got the Miracle Mile champion and nobody seems to think that Catch a Wave's the best horse in the world? Um, honestly, I prefer to fly under the radar a little bit. It doesn't sort of worry us too much and sort of takes a little bit of pressure off you, I suppose. But, um, yeah, just a little bit surprised, um, you know, at the time when Captain Ravishing was going well on Catch a Wave, um, he wasn't racing, but he still had a great record prior to that anyway. Um, you know, he got out to thirty-one dollars to win the Eureka. You know, I was just amazed, and and I did have something of it, Mick. If you ask it, so I've had a couple. Of I was th I was thinking. I wasn't asking, but I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, no. If you want to know, definitely had a couple of cracks at the thirty-one dollars, and yeah, just sort of out of mind, out of sight. You know, people soon forget um, where he's at, and a little bit too with um, you know, Captain Robertson's a great horse. I'm sure he can bounce back, and Leap to Fame's a fantastic horse. Even though he got defeated the other day, he lost no admirers. Um, yeah, but I just think people are a little bit too quick to sort of label horses the best in the world or best horse ever race. I think you just sit back, enjoy them, and just wait until the career is over before you make any judgment on them. Mate, it's going to be a lot of fun. Are you looking forward to the next six or seven weeks? Because there's a bit of pressure that goes into these things, but I think everybody um, with all these good horses is kind of under the same pressure. So I suppose it's a case of um, none of us know what to expect between now and September the 3rd, the day after the Eureka. No, not really. Um, again, I'm fortunate enough to have a horse good enough to compete in it. Um, like we're going out of 10 years and 20 years, who knows, I might not compete in the race again. So I uh, feel fortunate that I've got one that's obviously good enough to be in it and obviously good enough to win it. So, um, yeah, no, looking forward and enjoying the build-up to it. Uh, it's creating a lot of interest for harness racing, both sides of the Tasman, I'm guessing. So, um, yeah, no, it's going to be a great race. And even though the two favourites sort of got beat over the weekend, it sort of just adds a little bit more intrigue to the Race going forward, I Mate, we're loving it. It's um, it's been wonderful. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us after your stable quinella. Um, have you got a winner for us this week? Because our listeners like money, Andrew. So, is there a horse you are racing this week you think can win? Um, I haven't got any runners all week until the weekend, and no fields are out yet. So, I might tip something. I might not get a run. Um, but I've got a new horse in my stable 
that hasn't raced for me yet. It's a Victorian horse, horse called Celestio Matuka. If he rolls up in a race over the weekend drawing well, I think um, he'd have a good chance of winning. Yep, I know the horse and has plenty of ability. Hey, Andy, thanks very much, mate. We're going to lean on you, myself and Brittany and Fred, as we get closer to the Eureka. Looking forward to seeing how your part of the story unfolds. Yeah, thanks a lot, Michael. Andy Gath, one of the really good guys of harness racing, and you couldn't be more honest there about a whole range of things. Uh, another well-known name, like the Gath name in harness racing, is the name Fitzpatrick and Gavin, son, and father, Paul, combined to win the uh, the Paul Fitzpatrick free-for-all on Saturday night. Paul, good morning to you. It must be quite a weird feeling to win a race named after yourself. Oh, yeah, good morning, Michael. Yes, it was, yeah, but it was nice to do it anyway. You've got a hell of a horse on your hands here. Now, South Coast Arden won the New Zealand free for all a year and a half ago. He then really lost form. And when he turned up to your place, I thought this could be very bad or very good. Paul, it's very good. Yeah, so far, this has been good. Yeah, he's um, he's sort of been good all, all the way along. You know, he just, uh, I don't know, he just lost form over there. And um, the connections just thought he'd be better suited at... Um, at Menangle over the mile, and um, Brent rang me and uh, spoke to me about him, and um, like gave me the full heads up, and that so now it's worked out really good. Paul, he's won five of six since joining the uh, the Green and Gold Army. Of course, your colours, much like the Australian colours for most sports. What happens to him now? Where do you aim for a decent race? Because some people would have thought you might have snuck up to Queensland, and I think you've done the right thing by not going the way that race has panned out. What do you do with him? Oh no, he's uh, he's looking at the Lensmith Mile um, on Eureka Day. That's uh, that's sort of been his plan, and um, he he'll tick over till then. You know, hopefully everything sort of just keeps rolling over as it is. We've just we haven't sort of um, I wouldn't say he's not wound up. He is, but um, we haven't been over racing him uh, with the Lensmith Mile as his, his main target at this stage. He's a big lump of a horse. Um, do you weigh your horses? Do you have any idea how much he weighs? Because I would suggest <laughs> no. he's, he's well into the 500s. No, no, no. He's a, he is a big, big horse, but he's not a, he's not a gross horse. He's a, he's a very thick-set horse and a, a, a beautiful-looking horse and a very big, strong horse. But he, he doesn't carry huge weight. He just looks good. Well, he looked good on Saturday night when he was too good for them in the feature at Menangle, the Paul Fitzpatrick free-for-all. Hey, let's talk about Menangle tomorrow, Paul. Um, you've got three or four good chances in there, I thought. Is there one for our listeners? This is the Tuesday afternoon meeting at Menangle because, punters, there's no New South Wales harness racing today. Paul, is there one you're taking to the big track tomorrow you think could win for our listeners? Um, yeah, probably got a couple of chances. The, uh, the trotter's down in grade. He's uh, he's trotting quite good at the moment. Um, so he's that's, a that's bit Royal, Royal Green Fury in race three. Yes, it is. Uh, he's down in grade a bit. Um, there's a couple ones that trot all right, but he, he's he's quite foolproof and quite good off the gate. So the wide alley, I don't think will worry him too much. So I, I think he's um, he's a good chance. Uh, Captain Richie is always a good chance because he's a lovely horse. Uh, he's drawn about four. Um, he's only just back from a spell. Um, looking at the um, Breeders' Challenge, like um, in um, September, I think. And uh, the other horse, uh, our treacherous rain. He's he's just had no luck with the draws. He keeps drawing bad, but he's running good races, and uh, he's had no luck in the races. He's had to do his own work. But if he gets any luck tomorrow, 
a tag into the race or something, I think it'll be quite competitive. Well, Paul, it's a, it's a great honour to have a race, a feature race named after yourself. You deserve it. Of course, you're a Hall of Fame family of, of trainers and drivers. Mate, congratulations on what you're doing with South Coast Arden. And, and yep, I think you've got a horse who could win the Lean at Smith Mile on Eureka Night. Thanks for taking the time, yeah. Paul, to talk to us this morning, mate. OK, thanks, Michael. Bye. Paul Fitzpatrick, it's very unusual to win a race named after yourself. Um, Winx did it once, but... Yeah, Paul won the Paul Fitzpatrick free-for-all with South Coast Arden. He's a big, strong boy. Big, strong boy. And that Len Smith is the same night as the Eureka. Massive night of harness racing coming up. Um, September the 2nd, that is at Menangle. Free entry, Birds of Tokyo playing after the last. It's going to be a hell of a go. If you want to get involved, um, Club Menangle has their website, Club Menangle. Best way to get your tickets if you're in the hospitality or to register your interest in attending the event September the 2nd. Leap to fame versus Catch a Wave versus The Lost Storm versus Captain Ravishing. You'll hear plenty more about it and on the pace in the next month and a half or so. Brittany Graham is away for the week. She deserves a break. She's been working awfully hard. So I'll be rejoining you for the next On the Pace here on Sky Sport Radio at 10.30 on Wednesday morning.